0: So what does that mean? We also see in Acts 4, it says, uh, Acts 4.31, the disciples, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, which is mind-blowing, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now what's interesting is this, is, this was after the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came upon the disciples and filled them just, after, just like Jesus promised. That he would wait on me, my power will come upon you. Right, and probably weeks later, the same people that were filled on the day of Pentecost, these disciples need to be filled again by the Holy Spirit. So, what does it mean? The question we got to ask ourselves: What does it mean to be Spirit filled as followers of Jesus? Because you can be a believer who's following Jesus and not be filled by the Spirit. And and to be clear here, when you come to know Jesus, you have the Spirit. But there seems to be a sense of uh, ongoing filling that God wants to keep empowering us with that we can be without. So what does it look like to be a believer who's filled by the Spirit? In the Old Testament, the, the tabernacle and later on the temple is where God would meet with his people. So The nations, after the fall, did not have... It's not like everybody had access to God the way Israel had access to God. Through the tabernacle, through the temple, God would meet with his people. And though Israel was much closer to God than these other nations during the Old Testament time, because of the temple laws and stipulations, there was still a fair amount of separation between God and them. And God desired to get closer to his people. He desired to get closer to his people. And that's why Jesus came. When Jesus was here, he was the temple because... That is where God chose to meet with humanity. was through Jesus. And God, however, planned through Jesus to get even closer to us. Since Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead, the Spirit has been sent to build us, his church, into God's temple where he meets us and he wants to meet with others through us. And churches, we see in the Bible, are to be communities of the Spirit where the very presence of God is demonstrated, and people are able to meet and encounter God. It's insane. And the church corporately, like us together as we gather, we're the church corporate, and then individually is God's temple, God's dwelling place, because of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, starting with verse 18, says it like this. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, So the Father sent the Son, and through Jesus' work, his life, death on the cross, his resurrection, through Jesus, we have access to the Father because of the Spirit. We worship a triune God. Picking up with verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being our cornerstone, everything is based on him. It's founded on him. There is no temple without Jesus. They're like, there's no home without a foundation. There is no dwelling place where man can encounter God apart from Christ. He is the foundation. In whom, in Christ, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also, you, we are being built together into a dwelling place. For God by the Spirit. So we are the temple where God lives. The Holy Spirit is at work in and through his church. So that God's presence is to be experienced. It's to be noticed. Tangibly expressed. We are the dwelling place of God. Therefore relationship to the Holy Spirit's imperative. So what does it look like to be a Spirit-filled people? And, w- and what I'm just going to do is spend a little bit of time highlighting three points the Spirit's impressed on my heart, because there's so many points. I read one book, which a phenomenal read on Holy Spirit stuff, it's called Holy Fire by R.T. Kendall. I've already been telling a number of you about it, but you all get to hear it. Um, he has like 22 things on the Holy Spirit. Just, it's a lot of great stuff. But I, I, I got three I want to highlight. And then uh, I want to spend time praying together. So the first one is, the, the Spirit is our teacher and guide. Jesus says about the Spirit in John 14:26. He will teach you all things. And in John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says about the Spirit that he will guide you in all truth. So he's our teacher, he's our guide. And I'll be honest, the more I'm on my Christian journey, I'm realizing more and more how humbling this truth is for me to walk out. How humbling this truth is for me to walk out. It's actually a very humbling statement. When Lisa and I were brand new parents with our little Georgia girl, now four, um, we were very humbled and very, very, very dependent on the week, the day she was born. I'll never forget sitting in our little hospital room at St. Joe's and I remember her and I just like looking at each other. After, like, you know, nurses would come in and help out a lot, and, and it was like, I think it was the last night, next day, we're out, we had to go home, and we just looked at it, just, and, and kept saying, how are we going to do this, we have no idea what we're doing, and I remember even at times, I was like, do the nurses, do the doctors know, We, we don't know what we're doing, like, this, are they sure they want us to take this child home, and, um, just how much like research Lisa did. How many people we kept calling. The, the baby coughed uh, uh, for the third time. It, it, is, is it okay? Yeah, it's okay. Baby's cough. Okay. Just, just the, the, the utter dependency and feeling super feeble. And needing a lot of help. Needing a lot of guidance. Because we had no clue what we were doing. The key here is the assumption that if the Spirit is our guide if he's our teacher, the assumption we need to have is we actually are in consistent need of, of his help. Consistent, moment by moment. You need to be led to truth. We need to be led to understand that we don't know everything, that we actually don't have it all together. He needs to teach us and show us actually how to read the Bible, especially if you're here this morning and you've been through seminary. And you know, I'm kind of joking, I'm kind of not as someone who's been through seminary. Like the Spirit wants to illuminate God's Word and teach you things about you, where you're at with God, what God is calling you to, where you're off with, all these kinds of stuff. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you things. He wants to guide you as you're reading your Bible. How often do you come to God's Word and you look at it and you look at God and say, God, apart from you, I can know nothing. God, apart from you revealing things from your word to me, I have no hope. How much are we praying as we're reading and saying, God, would you show me? Would you, would you reveal truth to me? Would you guide me? How often in our parenting are we stopping? Especially in those moments where, as we know as parents, there's some difficult moments. D- discipline can have its little balance. You got grace. You got truth. You got a screaming kid, Right? How often are we saying, Holy Spirit? This is a little, it's a little tricky. What are you wanting me to do? Lead me, guide me, as I'm teaching, as we're talking about this stuff. How often are you asking the Spirit, Spirit? What are you wanting to highlight about what's being said from your Word? What are you highlighting about what this dude up there is teaching that you want to show me, that you want to teach me, that you want to guide me into? What am I? How am I listening to the Spirit? How am I as I'm talking, or as I even have pause moments, am I listening to what the Spirit is wanting me to highlight and share with you guys? He's here. He wants to guide. He wants to lead. He wants to teach. Second thing, the Spirit convicts us of the gospel. In John 16, 8, Jesus says this about the Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Only the Spirit can bring about a conviction that reveals to us, to Anyone, our sin, our need for righteousness, and the coming judgment, and the importance of the gospel—it's it's it's the Spirit. There is nothing you or I can do, in whatever we might say to ourselves or whatever we might say to anybody else that would bring that kind of conviction. It is the Holy Spirit in Him alone, and the Spirit wants to show us our our sin so that we would see our need for righteousness. See, sometimes when we think of the idea of being shown your sin, it's something we want to run away from and hide from because. That's, it, it leads to shame and guilt, and that's what we talked about last week. And for a lot of us, it can lead to condemnation, which means you're finished, you're done. You messed up too much. And if you don't know Jesus, that, that's what it's going to feel like. But the point of showing sin that the Spirit wants to show is that it would bring about a conviction that would show righteousness that Jesus offers at the cross, and that we actually need his righteousness. That the shame and guilt is, is, comes upon us because it's a revealer that our righteousness in and of ourself isn't enough. It doesn't uphold. To a holy God. But, in, but Christ's righteousness, which we desperately need, is absolutely 100% all the time, forever enough. And the Spirit works; work is to bring you to a saving faith to believe the gospel if you don't know him. So it wants to convict, convict you in a way so that you would say, I have no other hope apart from Jesus and his righteousness. And you would cling to Jesus. That's saving faith. But if you know Jesus, the Spirit wants to keep bringing you to the cross for ongoing faith. Seeing your consistent need for Jesus, your consistent need for his righteousness, because you can't do the Christian life. It's impossible. It's so taxing and broken. See, we we, got to think of, as we look to Jesus, he wants to bring us to a, a dad, a loving father who protects his kids. And I talked about this last week, about my little boy Nathaniel wobbling around you know, wanting me to uh, just find comfort in his mom and dad and, and as he's journeying around. And, and in a lot of ways, the conviction that the Spirit wants to bring in light of the gospel, is, is into, he wants to bring us into a safe place where you have God who's actually going to be honest about where you're off so you can enjoy his closeness and his presence, which we really, really long for. And the Spirit wants to bring that kind of conviction that leads to greater repentance, our greater uh, repentance that leads to greater faith in Jesus, where we stop getting so fixated on our performance or what others think about us, and we feel the liberty which we all long for. I know you all would agree with this. To say, I no longer—it's no longer about me; it's about Him, and you just enjoy Him more. That's where the Spirit wants to bring conviction that would lead to needing His righteousness, that leads to great freedom in Christ. Now, the last thing, the Spirit wants to convict us of the final day, when God will make all wrongs right, and that judgment is indeed coming. Though it looks like today injustice wins, the day there will be a, but there will be a day where Jesus' work and its fruit will be revealed to the world. It will be fully revealed that there is a day coming where everything will be put under Jesus' feet, the Bible says. Satan is now condemned because of what Christ has done, but on the final day, he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 20.10 says that. He's done. Game over for him. And death and sin will be no more. We get to experience victory in it now, but there will be complete victory one day. The Spirit wants to testify to that, but the Spirit also wants to convict us of the coming judgment. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now this should lead us to have a godly fear. If you're not in Christ, it should lead you to take seriously why not. And it should lead me to tell you that this is truth and and that my desire more than anything for you is that you would entrust your whole life in Jesus right now. It compels me to do that. The Spirit convicts me to do that because there is a coming judgment. If you're in Christ to persuade others and care more about them to know Jesus than your own reputation. That's why Paul actually says Right after, verse 10, what we just read, he says in verse 11, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Now, to be clear here, this isn't a persuasion that is motivated by fear as believers, right? Because God is the power power to convict. God is the one who pursues with great love and great compassion. His steadfast love endures forever. But there is a day coming of judgment. And the Spirit wants to open our eyes and really see this life isn't it. The Spirit is the one who convicts. And we get to believe and be his witnesses by his power. And that's what leads me to the last point. The Spirit empowers us for his plans to be accomplished. And then the parenthetical statement is it's not our plans. God's power is given so that we'd be his witnesses. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So God's given to us, like we talked about where the, the temple of God and, and, and how He's manifests uh, himself through us so that people would know that God is with us. God has given to us fruits and gifts of the Spirit. Fruits meaning love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You can read that in Galatians 5. There's just a, that list is right there. And then the gifts of the Spirit, some of them are prophecy, words of knowledge, miracles, healing, tongues, and interpretation. Now with these two deals, here's what tends to happen. You got, you got on one side, you got the Reformed Church, which tends to emphasize the fruits of the, um, of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, gentleness. And then you have another side, more of the, let's just say the charismatic side, that will tend to emphasize much more the gifts of the Spirit. But the Bible says, why don't we do both? Why is it not both? Paul says it well in 1 Corinthians 14. This actually just first popped out to me in, in this sort of way this morning. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Because pursuing the gifts without love will be clanging, what's that? I, I, it just slipped my mind. What's We Yeah, noisy gong and clanging cymbals. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's worthless. But does it mean we don't, eagerly ask and desire the gifts. See, if we're rooted in love, man, we want more of Jesus. And what, some of what Jesus wants to give us more of is himself. And some of what Jesus uh, of himself is these gifts that glorify him and make him make Him known, builds up the body. It encourages one another. Why would we not want that? Those, aren't, those shouldn't be separated. But I, I, but I say this is with these gifts and, and, and the fruits of the spirit that he wants to produce in us is so that the world would know God is amongst us. That God's power and his witness go hand in hand. He pours himself out filling us to make himself known to others. And the exciting thing about that is that we all get to play. I know I'm on stage here and and I'll be honest, there's a part of me that I'm wondering if I'm supposed to be down here for now and I don't know, just for just to give the picture, but we're all in this together. We all have gifts. I need, in in an interdependent kind of way, I need Christ ultimately, but because we're in Christ, we need each other's gifts to be fanned into flame by the power of the Spirit, for encouragement, for spurring each other on, to glorify Christ, to, to witness to the good news of the gospel, to those who don't yet know Him. We all get to play. We're all participants in what God wants to do in His plan to witness Himself to those in this city, by the power of His Spirit through His church, we're all in this together. He has poured out His Spirit, so that you would be a part of His plan for His work. Now, the, what's hard about this, for honest, is God already has a plan for our life, and um, and the Spirit is wanting to empower us and fill us to walk out His plan and purpose. And sometimes. I, at least in my life, my plans and purpose, my ideas, my hopes, my dreams, my thought, my thoughts about what my circumstance should look like today, and for the next five years, 10 years — I'm pretty futuristic, like looking way down the road uh, — should happen. And sometimes those aren't in line with what God's plan is for my life, or, or how it should look like. And the reason why it's important is the Spirit wants to fill us to walk out God's plan and God's purpose. And what I'm learning more and more is He wants to fill us to prepare for the suffering that's inevitable because we live in a fallen, broken world, and situations and expectations are always different than what we hoped or planned. And he wants to prepare us so that, not that we would avoid it, but that we would be able to enter into it. And that we would be broken and weak in those moments. And as Paul says, his power, God's, not Paul's power, God's power in Christ would be magnified through our broken weakness. Because it is a Spirit who is at work magnifying Christ in the midst of our brokenness and weakness. And what I mean by all this is, even when things are falling apart, the situation's not what we thought it would be. The Spirit is to fill us to handle what God has us going through. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if that's new for you guys. It's, it's, it's new for me. I think I've heard it before, but it's new for me if that makes sense. Like yesterday, me and Lisa were just processing and just all the stuff going on in our life and being able to sit there and say, well, God, would you fill us to handle this? God's in control. He knows where I'm at. And I think too often... We're trying to figure out a better plan than what God has. We try to avoid it. We're wondering why we're not hearing from God, maybe. I've struggled with this, or we're not sensing his power. What is is this Christian stuff? I I don't, yeah, I'm not feeling it. But God's trying to get our attention and say, well, maybe where he has you, he wants you to see that he's sufficient in and of himself, right where you're at. And he wants to fill you with power to handle with what you're handling. And, and for whatever reasons, I don't know, there's all these different facets, he's going to glorify himself through that. You're going to learn to enjoy his presence more. So people are going to see and say, wow, what, what is it? What is the hope that you have in you? Those are the kind of things the Bible tends to highlight about how he glorifies himself through his people, or our weakness. But his power wants to be a witness to the world, but it just might come about in different ways than we expect. And so... I want to I stop there and just say it, it, it's important that we know the Spirit's presence in our life and in the life of our church family because as He wants to walk this stuff out in us, we have to remember the Spirit is a person. And being acquainted with Him is very important because we see in the Bible too, the Spirit can be grieved. The Spirit can be quenched. He's so sensitive. Harboring bitterness towards a brother or sister, anger. We might overlook it and be like, ah, I'm good. But the Spirit is grieved over that stuff. He doesn't want to look over that, us to look over that. Or we can quench Him when we're missing on this great opportunity and realization. Man, He's poured Himself out. He is with us. There's gifts He wants to fan in the flame. How we can quench Him by just overlooking and saying, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. So this is really important. So for this week, if we walk this out, this week if you're a parent and it, it would look like for you to walk this out, For you saying, Spirit, empower me to be a witness of your good news to my kids this week. What if we did that? Take some time, Spirit, would you prepare me to be a a witness of your grace and love to my child this week? Or going to the Spirit when, like I said, wrestling with a difficult parenting scenario. Spirit, what does it look like? Because maybe sometimes the Spirit wants you to hold back on your regular discipline routine and just show grace. This week at your workplace, it would look like this. Spirit, give me power to serve others well because I'm ultimately serving you, Jesus. Maybe you're tired and you're like, why am I going into work? This week, cry out to him. Say, Spirit, would you fill me with your presence? Would you enable me to work onto you? Would you enable me to see the things of you and my co-workers? Because he's at your workplace. This week, in regards to your friends or those in your MC, you could, uh, Spirit, would you make me bold for Jesus? Would you provide opportunities? I, I wonder if every morning we would just ask the Spirit, would you provide me opportunities to share Jesus with others? Or in a DNA or MC meeting this week, what would it look like for you to go in there and ask Him to lead you to share maybe a word of encouragement to a brother and sister in your DNA or, or in your missional community? Or maybe you're feeling a lot of burden and a lot of weight and brokenness in your communities. This week, walking this out should look like this. Let's just say you got two people in your DNA that are just, they're not doing well. Holy Spirit, would you guide me in how to pray for my brother or sister? Because apart from you, apart from your power to convict, apart from your power to help, teach, there's no rescue. So, so Holy Spirit, how would you want me to pray for them? And he might lead you to pray for them. Pray for them. Spend time praying for one another in your DNA meeting. Lift your burdens to him. This week, I, I, if we walk this out, we'd spend at least some time in our solitude to ask, you know, our time with the Lord to ask the Spirit where you might be grieving or quenching Him. I don't know if you ever asked that question. I've been doing it recently. I'm not at all <laughs> seasoned in that question asking, but as I've been doing it recently, God's always been very faithful to reveal things. And it's always led to a very, very sweet time of being convicted and enjoying Jesus feeling a lot of release and a lot of freedom. So what I'd like us to do, actually, is I'd love for us to do that this morning. I would, Brian, if you can come up here. Right where you're seated. right where you're sitting. What, what? Right where you sit. <laughs> All right. See, this is why we need the Spirit, guys. Well, actually, there is an important point to make there. Because He is our teacher and our guide, it, I, I just want to encourage you guys, Whatever songs you hear, whatever teacher you hear teaching, um, the Spirit, you you get to always, you should, ought to always test it. The Spirit is the one who reveals truth, and He wants to testify it to you. And you get to weigh everything out with the the Spirit. So that's why I'm thankful that He's leading the church. He's guiding all of us. So let's do this. I want you to ask God, where, let's ask, where are we grieving the Spirit? I'm going to join in with you guys on this. Where are we grieving the Spirit? Are there any places where we might be quenching the spirit. And I want to remind us as we hit on last week we're hidden in Christ. If you're if you are, if your faith is in Jesus, you're hidden in Christ, we get to go to a loving dad who wants to, as my buddy Albert uses the word, uh, convict us sweetly, sweet conviction. He uses that phrase. And so, so we get to go to our loving dad right now, hop on his lap if you will and uh, ask him, where, where might I be grieving you or quenching your Holy Spirit? so let's do that Holy Spirit would you come right now and minister to us thank you you might be grieving we might be grieving or quenching the spirit um, just feel led to ask if, if there's anyone here that wants to share any of that with the rest of us um, and uh, and and yeah just just highlight where the spirit might be highlighting in your heart right now there's an area where he wants to make you aware that there's grievance here there's there's been a uh, a part that uh, that's going on in your life where God wants to remove it and uh, in order to bring more freedom Um, and and the reason why I asked to see if anybody wants to share besides spirit telling me to do that right now I think um, also is uh, it, it can be I think encouraging for some of us that might still be trying to figure out what that looks like and so and so anyways if as you feel led by Spirit, I'd love for you to share if that's you. Just you go ahead and raise your hand and I'll call upon you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sister, for sharing. So, our Sister just shared there's some strained relationships with family and feels like Spirit just let her know. She's maybe shut that down and He wants you to maybe not do that and, and move forward with Him as to what next. So, can I pray for you? So, Father, I thank you for my Sister and uh, thank you for your Spirit just revealing truth. Um, because we all long to um, follow in your ways, and so I, I pray that you would help my sister know what that next step looks like. Thank you for it 's evident that you 're already at work in her, and uh, I pray that you give clarity for um, moving forward. and I just thank you for her courage to share that with us it 's so encouraging to me, lord you we, we all have areas we all have areas we 're grieving you and uh, And we all want to be free from those so we can walk in your ways and draw closer to you. So I I just thank you, Lord, for doing that, my sister's heart. And would you continue to walk that out in Jesus' name? Amen. Thanks, sister. So um, thank you for sharing, Roseanne. Uh, My sister just shared that from past hurts, there's been bitterness held in her heart. And Spirit's made that aware. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing and revealing that to my sister. Thank you for the freedom that you're already bringing to her as I've heard her share about this and um, I pray you continue to bring renewal in her heart Lord as you would all of us that might be str- any of us that might be struggling with that Lord because it's so easy to God free us from that in Jesus name sorry ma'am I didn't hear you Okay, okay. so our sister thank you for sharing um, convicted she hasn't been covering her husband with prayer as the spirit wants to grow her in thank you so much Lord would you would you bring that to bear and every wife here lead us to be praying. Lead them to be praying for us husbands, Lord. And I I pray for the sister in particular that you would pour out your spirit on her and fill her to carry out that work. Thank you for that, that truth. The power of a wife's prayer for a husband is so, so essential. And Lord, if there's any other wives here that you, from her willingness to share and and the boldness you put in her, if there's any other convictions for any other wives here, God, would you do that in a way that would be sweet? and enjoyable, and they would receive it with gladness that you, you have called wives to pray for their husbands. Lord, thank you for that in Jesus' name. Anybody else? So helpful. It's very encouraging. Anyone else? If your heart's like, boom, 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 going nuts, and, and, you're, and you are, and you have a word, it Spirit wants you to share. If that's you, don't hold back. Yeah. And don't feel pressure from me either. Go ahead. Hmm. so spirit's convicting you of motivation uh false motivation you've been motivated for character change which is a good thing character change is a great thing um, but the spirit's been showing you the motivation behind your desire for character change not of him and he wants you to learn how to be motivated by drawing closer to him okay well lord we uh i thank you for my brother and i thank you for his i thank you for his prayer his desires It's clearly your grace, and uh, I pray that you would increase those in us as well. Amen.